0: Well, if you have your Bibles tonight, turn to the book of John, chapter 4. The book of John, chapter 4. And tonight we'll be beginning with verse 1. John, chapter 4, beginning with verse 1, and we'll read down through verse 4. The Bible says, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus had made and baptized more disciples than John, Though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. And I'm going to stop right there right now. (laughs) The title for tonight's message really comes from verse 4. He must needs go through Samaria. These verses that we've read tonight, really John uses them to introduce one of the most remarkable one of the most remarkable events in the early ministry of Jesus Christ. One of the most remarkable miracles, you could say. It was not a physical miracle. It was not a miracle of a lame being healed or a miracle of the blind seeing. But it was a miracle of a person's soul being saved. And that is the greatest miracle on the face of the earth. When you and I came to Jesus, whatever day that was, that was a miracle day. And John used these verses to describe the beginning, or to take use them as the beginning of again one of the most remarkable events in the earthly life of Jesus Christ. And it's the title for tonight's message. Again, I'll use the words from verse four, and he must needs go through Samaria. Let's pray, Heavenly Father. We just come before you tonight in the name of Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, for we thank you, Lord, for your anointing, for your anointing makes the difference, Lord. And we ask that tonight your anointing would flow through this message, flow through me to speak, flow through us to receive here and all over the internet and radio audience. We ask you, Lord, to move in a divine way, Lord. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. As a way of beginning this, this uh, message tonight, I want to give some testimony of some things that have happened over the last month. Uh, in, in, the pa- in this past month, uh, the Lord has blessed me to be able to go to uh, Pachuca, Mexico, in the beginning part of May. After that, I went to a group of us went to uh, Olanchito and Gracias, Honduras, and then after that, we went to uh, uh, Wichita, Kansas. But I went to Pachuca, Mexico, uh, with Manuel Espinal, who is one of the translators we have here at the ministry. He translates in the back many times for our Spanish-speaking uh, audience. And in Pachuca, uh, I was ministering at the headquarters of one of the main Pentecostal denominations there in Mexico. And we had tremendous services. The Spirit of God moved in a powerful way. There were people saved, healed, and baptized with the Holy Spirit. And this particular church, again, was the headquarters for a particular Pentecostal denomination. It's not a denomination in America here. It's strictly a, a Mexican denomination. But it's the headquarters of a denomination that has several thousand churches there in Mexico. There were somewhere between uh, 1,500 to 2,000 people at these, at these meetings. And uh, the Lord led me one of the services to minister from 1 Kings chapter 18 uh, when it says that Elijah repaired the altar of the Lord, yes, yes. and I, uh, as in thinking about giving this testimony tonight, I thought, man, you know, I, I, I'm not a, well, I, I'm not a, I'm not a brother Swagger, I'm not a brother Donnie or a Lord, and I consider myself a minor prophet among major prophets, but the Lord has given this minor prophet a major message. And the Lord anointed me that night. The Lord anointed, I felt a strong anointing in all the services in Pachuca. But the Lord especially anointed me that night. And I called attention to the cross of Jesus Christ. And the Lord helped me to speak his word. And the Lord moved in a powerful way in that service in particular. And the pastor of that church, who was the pastor, he's the head of this Pentecostal denomination. He got up afterwards in a a very repentful way. He told the people that we have been going the wrong direction. And we, need, and we must return to the cross. Yes. And we must <laughs> preach. And we must teach the cross as we ought to. Not just regard, in regards to salvation, but in, in, in regards to our daily walk. And there were many pastors there as well. I thank the Lord for that. While in Pachuca... Uh, we met the, uh, the Gomez brothers and you've heard Brother Swaggart mention the Gomez brothers many times before Sam Gomez in particular and these brothers man they are incredible I wish every single one of you could go down there and see what they do for the cause of Jesus Christ but incredible work got back from, Ch- uh, to, from Pachuca, a week later went to Honduras with a group here from the church led by uh, John and Nancy Lira who have a tremendous heart for a ministry for Honduras along with Adiel, Nancy's brother, our, was our interpreter. And one of the things the Lord led John to do as a part of our group was to take down as many Spanish expositor New Testaments as possible. And we took over 500 Spanish Exposing the New Testament's down to Honduras. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe you, you don't realize how phenomenal that is. That's big. All right? That's a lot of Bibles. All right? That's a lot of weight. But get this. This is how we did it. And the Lord led John to do it this way. At that time, it, it's not that way now, but at that time you get two luggages for each person. Now I'm not talking about the carry-on, but two pieces of luggage. What well, is what we did. We used one p- luggage for ourselves personally, and we used the other luggage for Bibles. Praise and we had, because we had some children there, we were able to put their luggage in with, with our own, uh, the adult's luggage, and we had about 16 full-size luggage, piece of luggage full of expositor Bibles. I felt like I was a Bible smuggler. Alright? <laughs> we got through, and And you know what's awesome about it as well? We didn't pay a cent of postage. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Over 500 Bibles to a foreign country and not a cent of postage. That's a miracle in itself. Hallelujah. So we got down there, we gave them, mainly the pastors and the leaders and the lay people as we felt led to. The Lord moved in Honduras as well. Nancy and Ariel's uh, father, Armando Murillo, is a national missionary down there in Olanchito, in Gracias, Honduras. And the best way to describe this man is that he is a Spanish version of Jim Woolsey. He's just, and that's saying a lot about this Armando. He's a Spanish version of Jim Woolsey. He has a tremendous heart for people, a tremendous heart for people to be saved. And he is getting the message of the cross all over northern Honduras. And I thank God for, uh, for this man. He's the one that scheduled the meetings with outdoor services every evening uh, in, with the mosquitoes. It was, it was hot in Olanchito in particular and all the bugs and all that. But we had service. The people came, many people came for miles. We went to Gracias Honduras. We had, again, we had outdoor services. But one of the days, Saturday in particular, we had a, small, uh, uh, we had a teaching seminar on the cross it was about three hours, and he invited Armando invited all the pastors that he could that he could invite that he could find in Gracias and in, in, in the mountain regions. There was about 50 pastors and leaders that were there. And through the interpreter, through Ariel, we taught I taught the message of the cross. And you know the way I taught them? I taught them the same way I teach the people here. In a very simple, in a very simple way. And you know what? I could, as I was teaching these spanish these honduran pastors and leaders you know what i saw the same reaction on their face that i saw on english people here at times i could see the light bulb go on i could see that light bulb go on like you know what wow that's that's right it's the cross hallelujah it's the cross I'm justified by faith in the finished work of Christ. I am sanctified by faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And that is to be the object of my faith every day. That's how I get victory. It's through my continued faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And I could see the light bulbs go on. For three hours, I could see the light bulbs go on. Afterwards, it was was so neat that as the pastors left, many of them as they left, and those that were in the trip could testify to this, that many of the pastors, when they, when they left, they shook our hands and they, they said the words, uh, uh, one of those words, the Spanish words. <laughs> What's that? Consumado es. They kept on saying that. Consumado es. Thank you, Arielle. Consumado es. Consumado es. What does that mean? It means it is finished. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. It's finished. It's finished. Consumato S. Oh, this sounds good in English. It's Spanish too. Consumato S. It is finished. I believe the Holy Spirit made it real to him. The, one of the, the lady pastors, one of the main pastors in that meeting was a lady pastor. She hosted our, the last three services that we had. They were all evening outdoor services, and we had the services the last three days in what, what they referred to as the car wash. It was just about an acre of land in the middle of the town, just a grass field. They had some car wash spots there, and that's where we had church. We, had, we stood and had worship on the, on the uh, flatbed of an 18-wheeler. The last night that we had service it was on a Sunday night. I've never seen the devil fight a service so, so much in my life. When I woke up Sunday morning and I was praying for the service that evening, I could sense in my spirit like the enemy was going to fight that service tonight, that night. We went to that service and it was, it was raining. As we began the service, there were people in the neighborhood that were blowing off fireworks try to distract, distract the people. Uh, again, it was rain, the power, as we began the praise and worship, the power went out. So we were, ra- in an outdoor service, we were, we were, everybody was soaking wet, there was no power. But you know what the people did? They just kept on worshiping the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. These two little three-wheel taxis pulled up. And one of them put the light on the stage. The other one put the light on the people. There was about 200 people there that night. And we had light. And so we just kept on praising the, praising the Lord. The rain kept on coming down. Uh, they got a generator to provide power for the speaker system. Adiel and myself, we got up to preach, and our Bibles were soaked. I practically ruined my Bible, my notes. Oh, they, were, they, were, they were ruined. I couldn't go by my notes that night. <laughs> They were soaked. We were, we were dripping wet and preaching, but you know what was awesome? Is that the people stayed. Yeah. Hallelujah. There was a group A large, most of the people tried to fit under this little tiny canopy that they had, but what was remarkable, the lady pastor that was hosting those meetings, she stayed right there out in the rain, and she stayed right there in the front row. Now, this is a woman that, from what we could tell, she did not understand the message of the cross before we came. She had no, no familiarity with it with at all, except as it concerned salvation. But on that night, the Lord anointed me as well, I believe, to minister on the message of the cross. And she was the first one to the altar. She didn't run to the altar, but she, she almost ran. She got there quick. The first one to the altar, it's pouring, out, it's pouring rain outside. The, the ground is all muddy. Nobody at the altar call, nobody laying hands on her at all except the Lord and knocked this woman to the ground. <laughs> in the mud, this is, and this was a classy lady too, in the mud. All right, and you know what? She didn't, she didn't touch the ground and get up and say, oh, my Lord, I'm all wet. She stayed there. <laughs> the Lord touched this woman. She got up afterwards, and she told Adiel to tell us that in while she was slain the spirit really she said the Lord gave her a vision and in the vision she said she saw the hands of Jesus with the nail prints in his hands and the hands of Jesus he he put his hands upon her and turned her around and told her be fruitful and multiply (laughs) hallelujah the nail-scarred hands of Jesus. And you know the Lord was te- emphasizing to her? The Lord was te- emphasizing to her the cross. the cross. The cross. The cross. The cross. And Jesus put his hands on her in her vision and turned her around and said, be fruitful and multiply. Wow. The Lord, ever, for, uh, the testimonies that I've heard since we've come back is that that pastor is a different woman. The different woman, God touched this woman, this lady pastor, who was pastor of a good-sized church in there in Gracias Honduras. I have to share with you one more testimony. We were in a little house church. Uh, in a, in a ho- uh, uh, they were having a service in a house that was in the lower mountain regions, and Corey Harrington was ministering uh, that morning. Uh, Corey is Brother Dave Smith's uh, son-in-law. He did an incredible job that morning, morning ministering, but when we were in that house church, this, this house, when I say a house, their, their, their house, for the most part, would not be used by many Americans even as a shed for their lawnmower, but this was their house. There must have been probably at least 20, maybe 30 people that were crammed into this house And this brother, this Honduran brother, began to lead in worship with a guitar. (laughs) And I couldn't, we couldn't, us Americans, we could not tell a single word that he was saying. But as he began to worship, the Spirit of God filled that house. There was such a strong anointing in that house. And these people, get this, these people had nothing. They had nothing I saw outside the house, it was a little lean-to, and I was, as I was going into the house, I looked at it, and I could tell this little lean-to, only about that high with some rocks underneath it, I could tell it was actually somebody's bed. Even though, but even though these people had nothing, hardly anything in this world, they had Jesus. They had Jesus. They had Jesus. You and I are so spoiled. We get so caught up in the material possessions. We fail to realize if you and I have nothing but we have Jesus, we have everything. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I could just go on with with testimonies about it, but I'm going to stop right there. But the Lord blessed the services, and the Lord blessed the services in Wichita, Kansas as well. But in this passage that we read tonight, as, as I said earlier John used these verses to introduce again one of the most remarkable uh, events in the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. In a nutshell, here's just simply what happened. Jesus, John says, he goes into Samaria. He's traveling actually from Judea, the southern part of Palestine, to Galilee, the northern part. And John said he, he that he must needs go through Samaria. So he goes through Samaria. He meets this woman at Jacob's well. He tells her that he is the Messiah. She goes into the town where they were, most likely Shechem. She tells the men of the town, the leaders of the town, come see a man. Come see a man who has told me everything that I have done. Come see a man. The leaders of the town, they come to see Jesus. They hear his words and from what John tells us, the whole city, all the men believe in Jesus Christ. The whole town comes to Jesus. Now, that's a miracle. Hallelujah. The whole town comes to Jesus. Again, one of the most remarkable events in the early, in the early ministry of Jesus Christ. But John began describing this event with these small, these words in verse four, he must needs go through Samaria. And this is not a big deal to us Gentiles today who are 2,000 years separated from that culture, 2,000 years separated from that time. But in Jesus' day, this was huge. Get that, it was huge in that day. And many of you probably know this, but Jews in that day, especially rabbis, because Jesus was a rabbi. But Jews in that day, when they were traveling either north to south or south to north, they would not go through Samaria. Samaria was right in the middle. They would travel around. They would either travel to the east around, on the eastern side of the Jordan River and go up, or they would travel, they would get on a boat on the Mediterranean Sea and go that way. But they would go around Samaria. Because Jews just didn't, they just didn't go through Samaria. They didn't have contact with Samaritans. Samaritans were on the same equal uh, uh, value, you could say, spiritually as a Gentile. A modern say, or a common saying among, among Jewish men at that time was that I thank God I'm not a woman I thank God I'm not a Samaritan, and I thank God I'm not a Gentile dog. They didn't have a high value of women, you could tell. But Samaritans were a mixed breed. They were spiritual mutts. And that's the way the Jews viewed them. And so they didn't go through Samaria to have any contact with them at all. They were dogs, they were a reproach to the Jews especially highly religious Jews like, rab- like, like rabbis were. But Jesus must needs go through Samaria. One of the reigning characteristics we see in the early ministry of Jesus Christ is that Jesus did not conform to the traditions of men. Mm. He did not conform to the the traditions of men. You could say that Jesus was a non-conformist. He was the original non-conformist. He didn't conform to the traditions of men. He didn't conform to the stereotype of what the Messiah was supposed to be like. He didn't conform to the dislikes or even the likes of his disciples. He didn't conform to men whatsoever. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will not lead us to conform to men. Hear that tonight. The Holy Spirit, the true moving and operation of the Holy Spirit will not lead you and I to conform to unbiblical religious authority. He won't lead us to conform to the ideas and the stereotype of what men think that you and I should be. Jesus is a non-conformist and so is the Holy Spirit. He's a non-conformist in the sense, again, he's not going to lead you and I to conform to religion and when it said, when John recorded these words here in verse 4, that he must needs go through Samaria, those words tell us that Jesus didn't care what men thought. He didn't care what men thought, what religious men thought. He was led by the Holy Spirit, and he was going to go through Samaria no matter what religion said. Jesus was a non-conformist. I think one of the things, this is why, the reason why this is so big in our day today is whether you and I realize it or not, but there are so many believers today in churches all around America and really all around the world who are conforming to what they believe men want them to be. They're conforming to religion the conforming to a man-made system of thought. The conforming to what man has dictated they should be. There are believers all around this world who are doing that. There are pastors all around, this, all around the United States of America and really all around the world that are living a life, having it as on the forefront of their mind. What am I? How am I to preach? How am I to to minister to the people? But in this way, that they are conforming to what the people want. They're conforming to what the general superintendent wants them to preach. And in preparing for this message, well, this was so heavy in my spirit, that it is time, it is high time, for believers, especially pastors To stop living a life Stop, stop having a ministry That's just conforming to men that's it, right? yes. Think about Brother Swagger And his Sister Swagger and Donnie And they can correct me if I'm wrong But I don't think I am But if they were to conform If they, especially in their earlier days If they conformed To what man told them to do, they would have never had the impact on this world that they have had. If they would have given in to the pressure, if they would have conformed to what so-and-so said, you can't do. You can't do that, because that's what religion says. Religion says you can't go through Samaria, but the Holy Spirit says go through Samaria. Hallelujah. Man says, don't go through Samaria, but the Spirit of God says, go. Our own flesh says, you can't go through Samaria. Don't you know, we don't do that. Don't don't go through Samaria. What will people think? They will think you're weird. They'll think there's something wrong. You see, there are so many believers and pastors today that are are, are functioning with that mindset. I don't want to do anything that offends people. I I don't want to do anything that will make people look at me in a weird way. I'm going to conform to what man wants me to be. But what man wants us to be and what God wants us to be are two different things. What our flesh tells us and what the Holy Spirit tells us to do are two different things. I'm here to tell you tonight that God has called every single one of us to metaphorically to go through Samaria, to go through Samaria no matter what man says. I thank the Lord for the leadership of this church. I thank the Lord for the Swagger, Sister Swagger, Donnie, and the the pastor. I thank the Lord for them. But you know what? The Lord has not called me or you to be conformed to their image. He's called us to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. But there are so many believers today in churches that have got that mindset. That they will do something if pastor tells them to do something. They're led by what man tells them to do. And that is their whole mindset. If the pastor says, don't do it, they won't do it. Why? It's because the pastor said, don't do it. If the pastor says, do it, they'll do it. Why? Because the pastor says, do it. See, God has called us to be led by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will always lead us to Christ. The Holy Spirit will always lead us to the cross. The Holy Spirit will always lead us to God's word. He'll always lead us to that place if it's the true moving and operation of the Holy Spirit. I wonder maybe we don't see it as much as we could in the world as much as we should maybe, the church world is full of people conforming to other men. Did you hear me tonight? Full of people conforming, lay lay people, pastors conforming to what the denomination tells them to do. Even in independent churches, people conforming to what so-and-so tells them to the the seven steps of being a, a a better you. They're trying to conform to that. They're trying to conform to so-and-so's 10 steps of being successful. And they're trying to conform to that. We're trying to conform to what man says will always lead us, leave us destitute. It will always lead us dry. And tonight, in preparation for, the, for this service, I, as I was preparing for this, I felt it so strong in my heart again that, that God has called, and God has spoken, and God's dealt with many of you, some of you here at Family Worship Center, but those listening by radio, watching on the internet, God's called you to do something. God's called you to either to step out in ministry. For some of you, God has called you to support this. You're not supporting Sun Life Ready. You're not supporting this ministry But God has laid it upon your heart to do so. But it's unfamiliar territory. It's like going through Samaria. And man says, religious man says, you don't do that. You don't go through Samaria. You go around Samaria. But God has laid it on the hearts of thousands. I know this, to support this ministry but because of what man thinks, because of what is accepted or not accepted, they're not doing it. And it's a lie from the enemy. If there are those here tonight or listening by radio, watching the internet, and that is you, I ask the question tonight, who are you conforming to? Are you going to conform to man or will you be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ? Which one is it? There are those that God has laid it upon your heart to go into ministry, but it's unfamiliar territory. You've never done it before, but the Holy Spirit is leading you to go through Samaria. You see, in Samaria, there's a lady whose life is gonna be changed. And in Samaria, there's a whole city There are lives that will be changed in Samaria. You hear what I'm saying tonight? There are lives that will be changed because you obey the leading of the Holy Spirit. But if you go around it, the Holy Spirit is telling you, go, go, go. But it's unfamiliar territory to you. You've never done that before. And the general consensus says, no, 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 you don't do that. You don't go through Samaria. You don't do that. But the Holy Spirit is telling you, you do it. You go through Samaria. I don't care what man says. I don't care what even your disciples say. The Holy Spirit says, you go. You go. And you do it. You obey my Holy Spirit. Because there are changed lives in Samaria There are people whose lives will be changed as a result of you obeying the leading of the Holy Spirit. But if you don't, those lives will not be changed. Will you conform to men or will you conform to God? Which one is it? There are those that are are even thinking about coming to Bible college, W-E-B-C, but it's foreign territory for you. You want to go to another Bible college, you want to go somewhere else, you don't want to go to a place that's not really known or accepted, but deep in your spirit, the Holy Spirit's leading you, you go, you go, you go. Whom will you conform to, men? Will you conform to what people think, or will you conform to what God is telling you to do? Same thing applies to youth camp. There are those that are thinking about coming to youth camp, but it's unfamiliar territory. It's like going through Samaria. Which one? Who are you going to conform to, God or to man? The list goes on. But God tonight is telling many of you to do a certain thing, to step out in faith, whether that thing is supporting Sun Life Radio or it's a direction in ministry or something else. I believe that God has laid it on the hearts of some here tonight and many listening by radio and watching on the internet. Are you going to conform to man or will you conform to God? If you conform to the the leading and operation of the Holy Spirit, I guarantee God will open up doors and you will see fruitful ministry as as the end result. But if you don't, if you don't go through Samaria, if you don't do what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do, you'll never see, you'll never see the changed lives. You'll never see what God would've wanted to do if you just would've went through Samaria. Even while Jesus was in Samaria, and he began to talk to the Samaritan woman, that was another thing you just didn't do. And as Bible said, John says that the disciples were amazed that he was talking to a woman, but you know what? The Holy Spirit led him to talk to that woman. Hallelujah. But even the disciples themselves thought, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, you, you, just, you just can't talk to a Samaritan woman. We don't do that. Oh, we don't? The Holy Spirit said, do it. The Holy Spirit said, do it. Hallelujah. You see, religious men at that time of Jesus they said, you can't be the Messiah. We know where you came from. You came from Nazareth. And you're not the Messiah. But Jesus said, you don't know where I came from. I came from heaven. I came from my Father in heaven. Hallelujah. Religious men said, said you can't forgive people. You can't do that. You can't forgive men of their sins. That's what religion said. But Jesus said, oh, yes, I can forgive men of their sins. Hallelujah. Religious men said, you can't heal on the Sabbath day. Don't you know you don't heal on the Sabbath day? But Jesus said, oh, yes, I can, and I will heal on the Sabbath day. Hallelujah. Religious men said, you won't rise again the third day. You're a deceiver, you're a liar, and we'll crucify you. That's what religious men said. But Jesus said, you crucify me, (laughs) you put me in the grave, and three days later, I'm rising up from the dead. (laughs) Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. I believe it's time that people in the church as a whole stop conforming to men. Whether that man is a denomination or whether that thing is just a self made standard, a man made standard. Yeah, I was thinking, as so I was prayer for, prayer for this message, I was thinking that you know, you go to some churches and at the chur- they, they get to the church and everybody's, everybody, da- everybody dances. Everybody dances. Why do they dance? Well, but, well that's what we do, we just dance. Well, is the Holy Spirit leading you to dance? Well, no, but but that's what we do. We just dance. You go to all the church and everybody is is, is, as stiff as a board. And why they're stiff as a board? Why? Because, well, that's what we do. We're all stiff as a board. We're all conforming to each other. You hear me tonight? We like to conform. We like to be like the crowd. We like to do what man tells us to do. You and I have been called to be led by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And not being different for the sake of being different. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about truly led by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And if God is telling you to do something, to take a certain direction, to do a certain thing, but man says, don't do it. Or a religious man says, you can't do that. We don't do that. But the Holy Spirit is leading you to do that. You do it. You step out in faith. Hallelujah. Whether that's supporting Sun Life Radio, no matter what it is, a million and one different things, God has called us to live by faith and to be led by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And get this, by the power of the Holy Spirit, normal people can be used by God to do great things. You hear me tonight? Just the normal Joe, the normal Mary, plain old people, some common folk. We have any common folk here tonight? Common folk, under the power of the Holy Spirit, can do great things for God. But if the common folk conform, to what they have always done well I don't know if I can do that I don't know what people will think I just can't step out I just can't no no stop living by I just can't and start living by faith start living by faith Paul said he said I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me stand to your feet tonight hallelujah hallelujah God has called us a peculiar people. A a peculiar people because we are different from this world. A peculiar people because we're not conforming to men. We're not conforming to established religion and what religion says that we should be and what religion says you should do. Back in 16... 62, the Church of England issued an act through the English Parliament. It was called the Act of Uniformity in 1662. And that Act of Uniformity basically was a law. It was a law, a nationwide law that stated basically, I'm paraphrasing here, Thank you, that Jesus. as a minister in England, you've got to conform to every law and by law of the Anglican Church of England. And if you don't conform to everything we tell you to do, if you don't worship the way we tell you to worship, if if you don't have service when we tell you to have service, if you don't do everything that we tell you to do and the way to do it, then you're breaking the law. You're breaking the act of uniformity. You see, there's no act of uniformity today in the church as a law. But do you realize uh, that for so many today, even though there's not an official law, they're living under it as if it was. They worship. They do everything that that they're told to do. But today God has called his people to be free from that. From that act of uniformity, there were about 2,000 clergy, 2,000 ministers that said, you know what? We're not going to do that. We're going to step out by faith, and we will be be persecuted, and they were. We will be cast out of society, and they were. We will be ridiculed, and they were. But you know what they did? They stood up for the truth. That's right, yes. And they would not be conformed to what man was telling them they ought to be like. Please I know this struggle. message tonight, it may, not, it may not seem, maybe it doesn't seem to apply to you tonight because we're not living under that, I don't, I don't believe at all. We're not living under that type of pressure at all. Even though, be, even though there may be individuals that feel that pressure. But there are many in churches, there are many all of this nation, they're living under that type of pressure or the pressure Of I had to do it a certain way, I've got to preach this. I can't preach the cross, because what will people say? What will so and so say if I preach the cross? If you're a pastor listening tonight, and that is your thinking, if you've been feeling that pressure, who are you going to conform to, God or men? yes 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 you need to come out from among them Praise God. some of you Praise tonight again as i said you've been led the holy spirit has Praise. been dealing with you about doing a certain thing taking a certain direction stepping out in faith and doing a certain thing you need to obey the holy spirit and as a result you will see lives changed your own included